talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It is the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm. Joe O'Donnell joined by John Mita. Emergency podcast style. We've been having a lot of them lately. John A. Mita. How are you? I'll tell you what, we've been having a lot of damn snow emergencies in the great <laughs> Commonwealth of Pennsylvania right now. My God, enough is enough. I feel like I'm in Iowa right now, or Minnesota perhaps, eh? No, I'm kidding. Dude, um, it was like minus 15 here last yeah, week, so I don't want to hear it. I, I, I got I to gotta be honest with you, man. I don't envy you there. When we went to the Super Bowl in Minnesota, I've never felt colder weather in my entire lifetime as a human being. It was like... When people like talk cold, I'm like, nah. You don't know cold till obviously I was cold as hell, but uh, you don't know cold till you see Minnesota cold. Like to a point where, like, if you're outside more than a couple minutes, you know, you you might potentially have get for, frostbite, and that's not even a joke. Like, me and your brother-in-law were standing outside this party, and we had to wave down this uh, this uh, well pirated Uber, so to speak, to get a ride home because uh, we were desperate. But anyway, that's a whole other story we might share another time. All right. uh, Johnny Mita, real quick. Yeah. On the Minnesota situation, I was on Paul Allen's radio show on KFAN yesterday. He's, he's the, and I don't mean this personality-wise, but from a rating standpoint, he's like the Mike Missanelli of, okay, his of Minnesota Sports Radio. Sure. He's the Minnesota Vikings play-by-play guy. Oh, nice. Works, okay. The name sounds he, familiar. Sure. I, he, I think he, I've heard his play, like his calls on Minnesota. Yeah, he, he works at the racetrack and does stuff there. Like he's, oh, wow. he's, a, he's well-versed. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to name drop here, but I'm just telling you, oh, he had me different. on the show because um, I had done the game previously, you know, the, the, the big clubs game. Oh, nice. And, and he brought up um, Eagles. And he knows I'm a fan, and mm. and we got on the Super Bowl and NFC Championship game, and I mentioned I went to U.S. Bank Stadium, watched Eagles get pounded last season, um, and he had his family had a very bad experience at the link for the NFC Championship game. Uh-huh. I had to bite my tongue a little bit, and I tried to play it off as you know. Like, could you well, tell me? Could you share with our viewing audience, or you don't want to get in trouble, or our listening audience, not viewing audience, uh, what exactly the bad experience might entail? He basically said that he got you know five or six different videos with some of the most uh, inebriated you know, characters yes, on the vulgar, face of the earth, vulgar, vulgar language and stuff that like basically he was. You know, because I was, was like, you know, I, yes. And I said, you know what? Philly fans got a bad rap. And I, yeah. I, you know, I don't think. And he like cut me off to be like, <laughs> basically, 
I, like basically he was appalled by our behavior and I let it go because that wasn't the time or place but I uh, thought I'd share that little quick tidbit and hey, I just listen, chalked it up to, I chalked it up to I chalked it up to passion I said Minnesota fans yeah. are passionate Philly fans are passionate what? you know and, and there's a time and place for chirping and all that but yeah. you know keep the language clean and yeah and I moved on but well, listen, I mean, listen, if Paul comes back and when Minnesota's back in town, you can share, you know, Paul can share his number with us. He could come to our tailgate. He could experience what, uh, you know, what the nicer side of Philly fans is. I mean, hopefully they weren't wearing their jerseys and acting. And again, we all know what the behavior is like, right? You just take it, you put your head down and, and you just, you know, move on. I mean, there's certain situations Again, I don't condone some – listen, I've seen some sick behavior, people, you know, getting physical with other – like, I don't agree with any of that. I don't condone my, in any way, shape, or form. But, listen, I've been on opposing road trips. I've been in the trenches and some – Yes, and, and that's what I said to him. Yeah. I like, said, listen, I've been to Pittsburgh and had my life threatened. I've been to Dallas and been treated like a you know I mean, what. I listen, I don't want to name drop, but we don't want to tell the story about how Karen has had to beat up a couple – well, I can't even name it. The Washington football fans now is the name, <laughs> you know, as and, and then Mark Sparks doing the old cigarette stomp on someone's hat. But that's neither here nor there. Maybe Mark will finally listen to one of these after I name dropped him. But uh, no, but it's I mean, it happens everywhere. I mean, listen, yeah, you're going to get bad eggs everywhere. Just like just like look at it in life. Right. There's good. There's good doctors. There's terrible doctors. There's good lawyers. There's horrendous lawyers. I might have had a couple in my day. <laughs> um, but seriously, that, that, that's in every profession, but I yeah. mean, I think, again, I would love to know what the circumstances are, you know, they might've parked, they probably should have parked in a different spot again, where they work, God knows, but you just put your head down and you, you know, you just, I mean, that's what I do when I go to oppose it, I just sit there, they yell and they scream and, you know, I might get back a snarky comment every now and then, but, um. You know, it is. You gotta take it more than you did. You have to take it more than you did. That's it. And and I love the fodder. I mean, me and you, we were in New Orleans, and you know, we were catching hell from this old man. Me and you are going back and forth. You know, we're the pretty much the only Eagles fans in that section. But you know, and this guy's yelling at us, and then he comes down to apologize to us, and he wants to buy us a beer. It was the craziest thing we've ever witnessed. We're like, listen. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm going to tell you something. That would never happen in Philadelphia. We'd probably <laughs> buy you a beer, and then we'd probably dump it on your head. It's probably what yeah, we would do. I remember you telling I remember him. I remember that. I remember He's like, people in my section said that I was very rude to you guys, so I just wanted to come down and just extend it. I'd like to buy you both a beer if I could. And I'm like, is this guy freaking serious right now? This can't be real. Uh, but, hey, man, Southern Hospitality, you got to love it. I mean, that was hilarious, even though we got another game we got stomped in. But Yeah. All right. Let's get back nah, on track. Sorry. My bad. Nah, My no, bad. that was good, man. I would love to hear that interview. So send me the audio if you get a copy of it. I would love to hear it. Brother of the Love Podcast on Twitter, at Love Podcast. We have a trade. Carson Wentz is now a member of the Indianapolis Colts. The deal can't become official for a few weeks until the new league year starts. The Eagles get a third-round pick in this upcoming draft. They get a second-round pick that could potentially become a first-round pick uh, in next year's draft, which is a 2022 draft. That's a conditional pick based on how much Wentz plays. Uh, Basically, if he either stays healthy or plays well, that'll be a first-rounder. 
John Mita, your reaction to the Wentz deal, what the Eagles got, and all that goes with it is what? Well, it's kind of a two-part reaction. Number one, I don't think we got enough. That's just my personal opinion, okay? I don't think we got enough. Number two is thank God this crap is over. Um, you know, you're getting to a point where this – weeks ago it was reported, oh, the, the deal is imminent, or this, 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 and you just had to get this over with. He was a disgruntled player. He didn't want to be here anymore. I'm not so sure the Eagles wanted him to be here anymore. But the problem was, you know, this is this is an organizational failure from the front office standpoint, right? You sign him to this huge deal, and then when you try to unload him, because that dumb deal that you signed with him was so ridiculous to try to get out of, that really, really hamstrung your choices of finding the best deal possible for your team. Um you know, he had a $10 million signing bonus, which was due on March 19th. That I'm sure that weighed extremely – that that weighed heavily in this decision because it's like, all right, if they tra- if the new team trades for him, now they're on the hook for the $10 million. So now they're paying a big brunt of it. Whereas could it be a possibility where the Eagles could then eat the $10 million, they pay the $10 million, then trade them, and then maybe you could get some higher draft compensation. Um, I, I hate it. I, I Here's the thing. You know, I was a huge Carson Wentz supporter. Everything that has transpired over the last two months, I got to be honest with you, you know, like I don't want him to crash and burn out in Indianapolis, but I'm not so sure I'm going to cheer for the guy wholeheartedly and hope he goes out and wins two Lombardi trophies. I mean, I can't say that. I don't wish him any ill will, but the way that he handled himself, um, the way he kind of treated Doug Peterson, listen, I know they had a rocky relationship, but your coach, the only head coach that you've known, gets fired and he was a supporter and a backer of yours. And again, obviously it hit a real rocky road this year, but I just, everything, the way he handled him, he looks like a damn diva. He said he didn't want to play anywhere else. I would have said tough blank. We're going to send you wherever. If you really want to go somewhere, then you better tell that new team that your agent needs to get on the phone with the Colts and let's start swinging this pot. The thing is this, right? Indianapolis was the pure front runner. Now, apparently there were a couple other teams involved, but, and, and my, you know, if I'm Howie Rosen, I'm thinking, okay, you guys want Carson, come get him. Well, we'll give you two seconds. We'll give you, we're not giving up two first round picks. How, how bad do you want to win? If you think this is the guy that you can fix, this is the one piece you need for your football team to take that next step to get to the Super Bowl, then I want a first-round draft pick. And, and that's, you know, that's where we're starting. I know the two sounded astronomical. I don't agree with that. But think about this, right? Let's say Carson goes to Indy, right? What do they have out there? Well, they have a coach that he loves, apparently, the only one he trusts in football. You know, he's got his boy out there, Press Taylor. Oh, God. Glad they could get the band back together, right? They have a great offensive line. They have strong running game. They have decent wide receivers and tight ends. They have a lot to work with. And their defense, in my opinion, is Super Bowl ready. So the pieces are all there for him to be very successful. So if you're the Colts and you are you think you're going to win 12 to 13, 14 games, how good is that first-round draft pick going to be? Again. Exactly. Right? So it's like – Exactly. That's what That's what concerns me. Not concerns, but that's my issue with, you know, people are like, well, the third, but really it's about the following year, right? The second that can become a first. Well, if that first is 26 overall, 
and the Eagles aren't very good again next year. Maybe they're the 12th pick or the, or the 11th pick or the 15th pick. Now you have picks 15 and maybe 26, 27, 28, uh, not this year, but the following year. How much better can you make your football team when Howie Roseman's drafting anyway? Well, and that's it. And then you'll have to maybe package, right? I mean, if, if they're in the mindset of, you know, this is, I mean, this organization right now, Joe, drives me up the damn wall. I mean, I am so furious with them. First of all, they created this entire mess, right? They yes. take a kid like Jalen Hurts the second round. As soon as they drafted him, y'all knew that that was just going to fry Carson Stones. Why? Because of everything that he went through with Nick Foles. Now, listen, I'm not saying he should be a little tough-minded. He should. And maybe the big city of Philadelphia was a little too much for the, the country board to handle. I get all that. But if you're a competitor, you're like, okay, they drafted Jalen Hurts? No problem. I'm going to show them why I'm the franchise quarterback, and you let your play set the table. Unfortunately, he had the worst year of his career. He didn't want to accept tr- coaching. There was all these there was all these stories coming about that he might have not been the greatest team guy. But my thing's this, and now there's reports. Oh my God, Joe, get ready, man! You will get fitted for our kayak as we plunge off the Ben Franklin Bridge. And there's a realm of possibility that they're going to move up. They're they're at the sixth pick that they're going to draft another quarterback. Are they out of their I goddamn know. minds? Like, are you serious right now? How they could are. you? That's what they're going to. How do. could you even fathom that? Fathom that you burned a second round pick. You are burning all your cap. You have more holes on this football team than a pair of one of my old pairs of old jeans that I don't wear anymore. I mean, it is so <laughs> bad. You need weapons. You need cornerbacks. You need linebackers. You need linemen. In my honest opinion, the last thing you need is a quarterback, right? You drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. It's not like he's some fifth-round project. You honestly believe in some hearts of hearts, some people in that building, in that organization, believe that this guy was a compliment very similar to a guy like Russell Wilson. So if you believe that, why are you going to bring in more competition with him? Think about what this kid went through at Alabama. He gets removed by two, and then he moves on. He handled it like a true professional. But let's just see what this kid has. This draft right now is too important to, to, to just try to – how do we know you're going to make the right pick at quarterback? Because we all thought Wentz was the right pick. I, I sure as hell thought I did. I never thought I'd be putting his jersey in the graveyard closet with the other Eagles jerseys that I have. You know, like, I, I just – you need get me playmakers, difference makers, and just turn the keys over to the kid and see what he has. You had a four-game sample with no preseason, no training camp, no nothing. Just let the kid just play and, and just see what you have. Listen, the only guy that I'm trained for is if I can get the number one pick, I think maybe Trevor Lawrence could be a camp miss prospect. Other than him, everyone else has a question mark. So I am not even going to attempt. People say, well, why wouldn't you take fields? Listen, name me one Ohio State quarterback that has been drafted out of there that has been successful in the NFL. Oh, Bobby Hoy. Oh, oh, how about Joe? How about how about the great <laughs> Joe Germain or Craig Krenzel? Oh, should we go with Troy Smith? Oh, how about Cardell Jones? What? Oh, Dwayne Haskins, the latest Ohio State quarterback. Are you kidding me? You really think that's like picking a quarterback from USC for God's sake? I, I, I can't. Did Bobby Hoying play there? Was yes, right, yes, Bobby Hoying did play there. Yes. Yeah, all yeah. right, all right, all right, all right. 
Hey, all right, listen, I- I'm with you. I'm with you. And I appreciate the passion oh, and the yeah. energy you brought it. And, and I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I really couldn't. I, I think that if this franchise takes a quarterback, it's just going to. All right, I might get in trouble for terroristic threats. All right, I'm just going to throw it out there. All right, we might get flagged by SoundCloud. <laughs> I will burn down Novacare myself if they draft a quarterback at six. Here we go. The FBI will be showing up my door. All right, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm with you, man. I it's not the right move because you're not going to get you're not going to be a good. Listen, I this is disappointing to say this, but I I think it's I think it's I think it's a, a distinct possibility, and I don't think this is earth shattering that the Eagles won't be very good again no. this year. And as a fan, I can't wrap my head around that. I can't. I won't let myself really believe it. But if I'm being honest, this is another year where they are going to be far away from the rest of the real competition in the NFL. The only thing that will keep them afloat is the terrible NFC East. So if, if that's the case, you have to get honest with yourself as a franchise and you need to start adding assets. And that's not more draft capital because you stink in wow. drafting. That's taking the sure fire players that are on the board. No matter the position, you take the best player available and you move on. And, and if that's not the approach, they're insane. Maybe they can still move Zach Ertz and acquire yes. a second yes. or third round Fire. pick. I would do that immediately. Yeah. I, I would do that immediately. If you can move Fletcher yep. Cox, I would do me, that immediately. Anybody that's an older player that has a huge cap hit that can get you anything from a fourth round pick or better, I would move. And I would start to draft younger talent. And again, the best player available. If at number six, it's one of the top two wide receivers in Chase or Smith, you take them. If it's not those guys, I think your, your theory on Patrick Sertan is the play, right? You get, a, you get a bona fide, you get the top cornerback in the draft class, and you pair him with Darius Slay. And, and those are the things that you can start to turn the franchise around. If it's an offensive lineman, you take the best tackle available because you're going to need one soon with Lane Johnson's ankle falling apart. Sure. And the fact that, you know, my Lada still, as much as we think he's legit, is, is in some ways an unproven sure. commodity. So drafting a quarterback would be dumb especially when the next year the Wentz capital you're getting is not going to be a high pick. It's not going to be 10th overall. Yes. And the- you know, you, you, you have to make sure you do not miss on this draft or the next draft and you add as many yes. young star players as possible, Amen. period, end of I- sentence. And, and that's, that has to be the approach. And I'm with you. Give Jalen Hurts the opportunity and you bring in a Ryan Fitzpatrick type to play that's behind it. him in case somebody gets some- hurt. If he right. gets hurt, Some, you, you, you have Somebody that knows his role period. and that can be a good mentor, maybe like a Tyrod Taylor, who's pretty much been that yes. type of guy's entire career. Um, just yep. somebody – don't put any more pressure on the kid. But, like, just let's, – let's, here's the other deal, okay? Now you're working with – you got Wentz's money coming off the books, right? And now you have Jalen Hurts, okay? He's on a second – he's on a second-round deal, Okay. The beautiful thing is when you have rookie quarterbacks or where you have guys, that gives you so much flexibility to improve your football team. So let's just see what he's got. Put some damn people around him because maybe that was the problem. Why Carson fell off the face of the earth. Now, I'm going to answer you a simple question, Joe. Name me the number one wide receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Yeah, I don't even know the answer to that. Greg Ward? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and people that say, 
Exactly. Seriously. It, is it Greg Ward? Is it is it yeah. Rager? Is it Deshaun at age yeah. 80? I mean, and, and is, it, is it Travis Fulgham? Uh, although he went back into the witness protection program because we had to pay Alshon his $17 million or whatever the hell he was making. But, again, they don't have a number one wide receiver. And I've said this to other people that I've talked about this subject. The last true, legit number one wide receiver this organization has goes by the number of 81. That's right, Terrell Owens. You can't tell me they've had another number one bona fide stud receivers other than Terrell Owens. Now, people could say, oh, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin. Again, in my opinion, both guys are number twos, right? Night. Well, n- neither neither of them, even in their peak, were probably top ten. In the exactly. 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 Right? Uh, Macklin for exactly. sure wasn't. Maybe Deshaun, you could have argued, at some point would have cracked top ten in the league. But – but nobody top five in the league. And those are the guys you talk about, right? When you have the, the who's the best receiver conversation today, you're talking Julio, you're talking Devontae Adams. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, we could have gave him up for a second round pick. Oh, boy. You're talking Metcalf. You're talking five, you know, those five or six guys that everybody would name. The Eagles haven't had one of those guys since 2004. I mean, you're right on. Listen, all right, let's jump to it, John Mita. Your expectations for Carson Wentz. In Indianapolis next season, what are they? Honestly, God, I mean, because he is surrounded and he will feel comfortable, and there is no stress in that city on him to perform. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been in Indianapolis. I've been to a game out there. Everyone is pretty Midwest friendly. I think he's going to be very successful. I see them winning if he can stay healthy. I say they go twelve and four or thirteen and three. I know it sounds kind of crazy, and I think they'll make a deep playoff run. And everyone's like, and again, that's why I wanted to see if a new coaching staff could come in, try to fix and put, and again, maybe he doesn't have the fortitude. Maybe he goes out there, he's better. I don't, I think he, I think the, I mean, everything we hear is the relationship was just broken. He didn't want to be here anymore. And and that's on him. Okay. Yes. Yes, it wasn't right. perfect, but they paid you a, a ton lot of money. money. So you got to, you got to suck it up and you got to deal with it. Now let's look at this on the, on the surface, Carson Wentz trajectory. Small town kid, high school, college, no pressure, no, no criticism, no harsh media, no fan base calling for your head. Then you have the Super Bowl, right? After you're at the top of the world with the way you're playing in 2017. And you and I were on here and we were praising Carson Wentz because we thought everything on the surface was legit. We thought that him and Foles were best friends and they were in each other's corner. And this meant the world to both of them. And if there's anybody to replace Foles or Wentz, it was Foles. And Wentz was taking it all in stride. Yeah, it was hard for him, but he was in Foles' corner. I don't think any of that's no, true anymore. I agree. You know, it bothered him. It stung. And I don't know why. I don't know where this ego came from, from a kid that's supposed to be some, you know, uh, hunting and and. Out- and game guy right like somebody yeah somebody that's supposed to be just like in with jesus and in with like his his hobbies away from the football field and a family guy and you would think very easy going easy to get along with gives back in the community but maybe inside there's this you know there's this child in him there's this raging uh egotistical whatever in him like whatever happened to his personality we either were fooled off the jump or he changed and regardless, uh, it obviously didn't work out here for a number of reasons. Howie Roseman being a weasel, probably near the top of the list. But Peterson bit the bullet for it, and then Wentz forced his way out. He had so much leverage, he was able to negotiate where he wanted to get traded, 
because there weren't a lot of teams that wanted to eat that salary. But he got paid a hell of a lot of money, and he didn't man up when he was pushed this year. And he didn't man up to the fact he played like garbage, and he didn't man up at the end of the season and come out and talk about it, and he didn't man up when his coach was fired. And so all of that's very disappointing, very disappointing. And, you know, early on, I was like, don't draft the guy. I don't like the small college stuff, whatever. And then the second I saw him as a baller, I jumped on board. And now I don't know where to be because I think he's going to have a great year in Indianapolis. I thought he could have bounced back this year in Philadelphia. We're never going to get that opportunity. And this has the makings of getting burned big time organizationally across the board. It, is, it will be an indictment on this organization if he responds and rebounds in Indy. I don't care who the hell the coach is or what his relationship is with, the, with Press Taylor out there and Frank Wright. At the end of the day, this will look terrible on the Eagles when he rebounds like a lot of us expect him to, and the Eagles are you know, a 500 team with Jalen Hurts floundering if that plays out that way. I mean, this ha- there, I don't see a scenario where the Eagles come out of this looking like, smelling like roses. I don't care what the draft capital turns out to be. I don't care how good Hurts turns out to be. I think Wentz is going to succeed in Indy. And at the end of the day, we're going to look back on this and go, man, what an absolute disaster from Philadelphia. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. But right now, if I had a bet, I'm betting on the side. Of the <laughs> Listen, and do you, again, and this is kind of a scenario I kind of played out on my head. Like, do you hope that the Colts win the Super Bowl so that maybe Howie gets fired? And you'd be like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that could happen. And could you imagine? Could you imagine if Indy goes on and voice the Lombardi? I, listen, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Right now, Carson Wentz is MVP. Okay, I'll give you the play of the day. He's thirty to one right now to win MVP. What? What was it Probably before today? Five hundred to one, maybe. You know, right? That was the time well, to bet it, my friend. Thirty-one's not bad. I mean, we got JoJo Swatswat at forty to one this year, baby. Yeah. yeah, and we also have uh, we got our Shake Milton Six Man of the Year. Uh, we just reinvested it without your knowledge. Sorry, partner. I just put ten dollars <laughs> on Brooks Kepka to uh, win the uh, tournament. So we'll see. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. All right. Ten well, bucks to what, pay what, out one seventy. So it'll put us up a buck sixty. Let's go. Yeah. Let's now go, he's, he's one under on the day. He's on hold nine. The leader in the clubhouse is four back, but. For those of you who don't know, I should have picked him last week. What a blunder. He was plus 4,000 of the start of Sunday a week ago. I did not pull the trigger on him at the Phoenix Invitational. And, yes, he ended up winning the golf tournament. $50 would have won me two grand. But what are you going to do? We can't uh, cry over spilled milk there, Joe. But, anyway, getting off the betting game here. But, yeah, I mean, it's we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean – I just feel like the only thing I'm glad it's over and done with. I'd like to see him get Hurts a shot. I'd like to see us just get some playmakers and hopefully how he really needs the ACs next to Dress. I don't know if it's in its DNA, but hopefully somebody else gives him some influence. I hope that hope to God that Jeffrey Lurie never makes a pick in his career, considering that our second white side might have been one of his. But um I just we'll see. I mean I uh, I, I can't believe this is where we are, but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if the guy goes out there and has success. And you'll look back and say, well, why why did Carson have success? Well, because maybe they put people around him. Like you look at the 017 team, right? That was the talented football team. You know, they had a stable of running backs, they had solid wide receivers. 
they, they had everything, right? You look at these teams after the Super Bowl, people move on, whatever. You don't replenish your team through the draft, which we seem to never do. And this is where we are. So, I hear you. Uh, yeah, listen, um, I think we I think we've covered this topic. You want to talk anything about JT Romuto breaking his thumb today while playing catch? Because it seems like a good start yeah. for the Philly season. Right about right well, about you know, when it rains, it pours. Just some other great news. If we didn't have bad news in Philadelphia, <laughs> we'd have no news at all. But um, listen, hopefully he's back by spring day. That's all I could say. I mean, you know, what what, what are you gonna say? Right? It's like, I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it would have been nice. Uh, it's always raining. Yeah, in yeah. Recently, just so we, always we turned the page in 2021, man. And, and it, this has been a crappy year too, man. Some, oh man, I don't know, I don't know. There, yeah, Johnny Mata, you got to tell uh, your Bumble story. All right, on the light right. note. That's right? it. I on love it. I love it. So, and hopefully, I can bring some comedic relief to this uh, depressing podcast we just recorded for the last 30 minutes. So. As people know, I'm in this single game. I'm just getting dipping my feet back into the water. So I'm on several dating apps. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. I hate dating applications. So I'm on a couple. All right. We'll go through the list. I'm on Hinge. I'm on Bumble. I'm on OkCupid. You know, and I browse around, right? So this girl, I'm on Bumble. This girl hits me up. She lives in Allentown. Well, her name, her initial of her first name is A. She'll never. We'll see, but her – so all of a sudden – so we start talking, all right, hopefully she never li- – <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil the story, but – so yeah. hopefully yeah, – um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we go back and forth. It's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I live in – so then we're going back and forth, and, you know, she's from California. She moved back to Allentown to, you know, take care of her parents' business. So we start talking back and forth, and, you know, again, it, it's just, you know, the opening conversation with these damn dating applications – you got to give, you know, Bible in verse. I mean, and then you feel awkward. You're like, do I even ask for a phone number? I don't even know what to do here. Like, do you give me your phone number? What what makes it okay? Like, what basically takes me off the creep zone is kind of what you're uh, looking for. So next thing you know, I, I get into it, you know, and talk about myself. And then apparently this girl, you know, she ended up being a stage five clinger. She starts doing some investigation discovery on me. So she, I guess she looks me up. She finds out I have a podcast, and she dips right in. Now, again, we've never talked, discussed, or even mentioned meeting up. Like, she said, well, how far are you from me? I'm like, Allentown, you're like 50 minutes from me, blah, blah, blah. That was it. So then she dials into one of our podcasts, and it happened to be the podcast that I recorded after I just got over the coronavirus. Well, that put this stage five clinger into an absolute tailspin. She then replies back like, oh, my God, John Mita, you had coronavirus. You were going to meet me. You were going to spread this disease around the world. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I know people in law enforcement, my uncle's chief of police, and I'm going to report you. And I'm going to and I'm thinking, holy, I'm like, it's just I'm like. Listen, it's not like I'm giving out the, the, the black plague. First of all, I've recovered. I tested negative again. Okay, I have the antibodies for the next three months. So, okay, I think I'm in the clear. All right, Game on. But yeah, game on. Game on. I'm waiting for the knock at my door for law enforcement agencies. I'm like, what did I do? This girl went, you know, apeshit, bananas on me. And it finally dawned on me, okay, 
She was from the lovely state of California. And I know not many of our listeners are from the land of California, but it's sometimes been called the land of fruits and nuts. And she was D, all of the above. And I was like, I, I sent her two words back. I was like, take care. And that was it. And I was like, my, what a nightmare, dude. I mean, listen, I, I, I got to give up initial A some credit. She gave us a couple more clicks on her podcast. We definitely appreciate the support. Yeah. But, man, that was the craziest, I mean, craziest experience I've ever encountered on these apps. John Mita, if you could see the grin on my face as you were telling that story, um, when you mentioned it a few weeks back after we got done recording, I was like, this would be the perfect story to tell if you could tell it in a uh, way in which you just did. Uh, I appreciate it. Hopefully, friend. I'm sure hopefully people got a good are- laugh out of it because I was, I, I was like floored. I was like dumbfounded. I'm like, that she's going to call the cops on me because like I'm a super spreader. Like, like, I mean, what, I mean, oh man, it was bizarre, man. It was, it was, that's all I could say. Uh, one oh, last really? shout out before we Let's hit the road it. here on the Brother to Love podcast. Uh, oh. Billy, Curtis, Billy Curtis making a big, big step in the big step in his life. So congrats Absolutely. to William Patrick actually, Curtis, I Boxcar, actually, the daughter of Boxcar Hospital, is an absolute beauty. She's a legend, and uh, it took you long enough, my friend. Yeah, congrats I to Billy couldn't agree Sarah. with you more. I actually saw Billy doing some snow removal right before I hopped on the air with you. So. I gave him the big thumbs up. I also told him, uh, I guess, another white whale has been hitched, you know, what I said when I got engaged many years ago. And uh, hey, I'm, I'm so happy for them. It, it's great. And, uh, yeah, man, it's um, there's a, at least we're getting some good news in 2021. So I'm glad you uh, brought that to the attention. So. Hey, man, appreciate everybody tuning in. Wentz is a cult. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out for Jalen Hurts and whoever joins him on this Philadelphia Eagles roster moving forward. But do you think, whew, Philadelphia sports. Do you man, think Carson Wentz is like moment. just going to like ride a white horse into the press conference? I mean, how classic would that be? You know, <laughs> kind of like uh, I, what was the linebacker that rode the horse around Tampa Bay Stadium? Devin White. Did you see that video? <laughs> uh, oh, he's a big horse. I guy. did not. I mean, I know that. They followed him as a rookie, and he was taking another linebacker that was a rookie. And he took him to a horse farm, and the other guy had no idea what the hell he was getting into. But it was uh, pretty funny. But it's great video. So. All right, John. You made a good stuff. You got always, it. Brother. Thanks, Glad everyone. We're Listen, we're going to get this and, uh... up immediately. And Cinderella, the slipper, has finally dropped in Philadelphia. Moving on. And the Jalen Hurts era has officially begun in the great city of Philadelphia. For John Mead, I'm Joe O'Donnell. Appreciate everybody tuning in. It's the Brother of Love podcast. Till next time, go birds, I guess.